Well, if you've got your Bibles with you, please turn to Matthew chapter 15 and verse 29. Matthew 15 and verse 29. Jesus departed from there, skirted the Sea of Galilee, and went up on the mountain and sat down there. Then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, blind, mute, maimed, and many others. And they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. So the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Now Jesus called his disciples to himself and said, I have compassion on the multitude, because they have now continued with me three days and have had nothing to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. Then his disciples said to him, where could we get enough bread in the wilderness to fill such a multitude? And Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven and a few little fish. So he commanded the multitude to sit on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks, broke them, gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitude. So they ate and were filled, and they took up seven large baskets full of the, of the fragments that were left. Now those who ate were 4,000 men besides women and children. Feeding of the 4,000 or the feeding of the 5,000 was a miracle of provision. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us today because the need is very, very great. And not just, just the need for evangelism, but the spiritual need in our nation, in our city, in our communities is very, very great. And people are spiritually fainting through lack of spiritual nourishment. But the resources to meet the spiritual need of our nation and our communities and our neighborhoods, the spiritual resources are very, very small. The need is very, very great. And the spiritual resources are very, very small. And like the disciples, sometimes we can look at the multitudes and the tremendous need that's out there today. And sometimes what can happen is you can look at the need and you can just say it's too much and you just close your eyes to what's going on. And this story shows us not only about the tremendous need and the very small restricted resources, but how Jesus can take that which is small and that which is limited and bless it, and in its giving out and sharing, cause it to meet the need of the multitudes and not just meet their bare need, but so meet their need that the resources that come back are more that went out. And I think the Holy Spirit wants to encourage us as individuals, as a church and a group of people through this message today. 
You know, Jesus was compassionate on the multitude. And he saw that there was need. He's interested in every aspect of your life. I mean, he was preaching the gospel here. He was teaching. He was healing all manner of sickness. But he was also concerned about their nourishment. And we know that man does not live on bread alone. Jesus said that. When Jesus, he he understood how hungry they were because he had been hungry. Isn't it amazing that God knows what it's like to hunger? That God knows what it's like to thirst? That God knows what it's like to be in need? That God sent his only son into this limited, resourced, fallen earth. And in that earth, Jesus experienced hunger, he experienced tiredness, he experienced sadness, he experienced joy, he experienced all the emotions and all the needs that we experienced, yet without sin. And and he had gone 40 days without food when he went out to face the devil. And when the devil tempted him to use his divine powers for his own appetite and need and turn stones into bread... Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And that means that in this nation today, there is a famine of the word of the Lord. You know, the Bible speaks that you can have a famine of the word of the Lord, that you can have a a nation or a city that, that is filled with physical, nourishing food, and yet famished of the bread of life. And in this scenario, Jesus had been ministering the bread of life, the word of God, and people had been filled and nourished spiritually, but now they're in a situation where they needed to be nourished physically. Man does not live by bread alone, but he still needs bread. We need both in our lives. You must take care of your physical body, your outer man, your outer woman. You must take care of it and nourish it well. But also, you must, even if I can say more importantly, they're both important, but even more importantly, you must nourish the inner man, the inner you. Could it be that there's some people here today and you might be physically well fed, but but spiritually, you've been in a famine in your life. When was the last time you tasted the word of God in your life? And when was the last time you were nourished by the encouragement of God, the word of God, the blessing of God? When was the last time? Are you as strong on the outside as you appear on... Sorry, are you as strong on the inside as many of you appear on the outside? Wouldn't it be interesting... Because we can look at one another on the outside, and most of you look relatively well-nourished to me, and here we are. But wouldn't it be interesting if we suddenly saw in the Spirit, and instead of being able to look around this church tonight and see people physically well-nourished, if all of a sudden we could see our inner men, our inner woman, and see how nourished we are spiritually, what would we see here tonight? Would we see strong, well-built inner men? Or would we see people that would need to be rushed immediately on a drip 
to the nearest hospital just to keep them spiritually alive. I wonder what we'd see. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Interesting. Jesus is talking about feeding their physical needs, but spiritual needs is just as important. And we think of, and we prayed earlier about the Philippines, and we have so many Filipinos in Kensington Temple. They're one of our largest and most important groups, 109 different nationalities, and they, they're, they're, they're such a part of us, such servants in our church, such handmaidens in our church from the Philippines, and, and we're praying and believing and giving to that nation, and resources are trying to get in there to meet that need. Well, God wants to meet your need, whether it be physical or spiritual. And he wanted to meet those multitudes, those thousands of people that were around him. The disciples, they saw the need, but they didn't believe they should meet it, and they didn't believe they could meet it. You see these in the story of the 4,000, the story of the feeding of the 5,000. It took them a while to get this message. They saw the need, and they didn't think they should meet it. All right, Jesus, the conference is over. Send them away. Why? Well, it's not our responsibility to feed them. It's not ours. We've had the conference. They've been healed. They've been blessed. They've got their word. They should have come better provided themselves. It's not for us to meet their need. That's not our responsibility. They didn't think it was their responsibility to meet the tremendous need before them. They didn't think it was. But also, not only did they think that they shouldn't meet the need, but they also believed that they couldn't meet the need. When Jesus said to them, you feed them, in John's Gospel that time, he says to them, you feed them. And they said to Jesus, well, we, we don't have anything. How, how can we feed them? We shouldn't meet this need. And you're telling us to meet a need, and we can't meet this need. And Jesus says, well, what have you got? That's God's question to us today. But what have you got? When we look at the need, it is tremendous. I mean, it, we're talking about millions and millions of souls on the brink of eternal damnation tonight. Millions and millions of souls in this nation on the brink of eternal damnation tonight. We're talking about millions and millions of souls in this nation that have never heard the good news about Jesus. Never heard his love. Their understanding of Jesus in, in the church is not the true Jesus and it's not the true church. And they are in tremendous need and they're dying through a lack of the word of the Lord. And even speaking about it now can engender a feeling of helplessness and how on earth are we going to reach these people? How on earth are we going to meet that need? Maybe we shouldn't, maybe we can't. But God is saying to us, well, what's in your hand? And I remember the story of the, the boy when he came and he said, well, we got some loaves and some fishes. It was a boy's provision. I mean, there was thousands of people, but all they had was just enough provision for a young boy. That was it. I mean, imagine that. Imagine the thousands of thousands of people that are there. And some people believe that at the feeding of the 4,000, the feeding of the 5,000, that those 4,000 and 5,000, they say, oh, that's just the men that were counted. So some people believe it was even more than these four or 5,000 at, uh, at these gatherings. There was multiples. 
Can you imagine being there with just a bit of bread and a bit of fish, a pack lunch that would feed one small boy, and you've got thousands and thousands of people that have a need? Sometimes what can happen with Christians is that you can look at who you are and what you've got, your abilities, your history, and you can look and you say, well, I've got nothing to offer God. Look at me. I've got nothing. Fish and bread, a few small fish, but I don't even have that. I've got nothing. How can God use me to make a difference in my generation? I've got nothing. I can give nothing. And there's a danger in that because God delights in using the nobodies and those that have nothing. When we look, and Paul says this in 1 Corinthians, he says, you know what? Not many of us that the Lord called were mighty in ourselves. Not many of us rich. Not many of us clever. Not many of us inundated with natural gifts of oration. or Not many of us. But it seems, Paul says in Corinthians, it seems, and I think he was right, that it seems that God delights in the weak things. God delights in the things that the world discounts. God delights to humble the great by using the poor. God delights to use the nobodies in the world and the have-nots to bring to shame the celebrities, the politicians and the rich. That's the way that God works. That's why his son was born in a shed and not in Caesar's palace. That's why the son of God's earthly mother and, and father were carpenters, not billionaires. That's why Jesus chose fishermen, not generals and politicians. God delights to use those with little resources. Little resources in their hands and little... Because I tell you what, God hates proud people. He hates, he hates their proud. If there's one thing that God hates more than anything, it's an uplifted proud soul. But God loves the lowly. God loves the humble. And he loves to raise them up. So could it be that there's some people in, our, in, in this place today and, and you're thinking, well, what have I got to contribute to the needs of millions of people? What have I got to contribute to the kingdom of God in these days? What have I got? Well, I ask you this, what have you got in your hand? Whatever you have got, no matter how little you, you, you think, God wants to use it. And he wants to use you. And to multiply what you have, however small it is, and whatever you've got to give, and to multiply it so that its effects are beyond all recognition, beyond all that you could imagine or hope to see. And they brought him these. Now, God is very clear about using what we have and giving it away, no matter how small it is. 
You know the parable of the talents, don't you? One was given five talents, one was given three, and one was given one. And the problem was not the one with the many. The problem was the one with the little. He had one talent. And the rest, they used their talent. They used what God had gave them. They, they didn't hold on to it, but they invested it. They put it to work, if you like. But the person with the one talent, he didn't do anything with it. In fact, he buried it, put it away. And when the master came back and said, what have you done with what I've given you? The one with the five was blessed, the one with the three. But the one with the smallest, he was like, well, you know, it was only one. And I know what you like. And I thought, well, you know, I'll just hide it. He, he, the one with the one talent despised the small thing that he had. Despised it. Can you imagine if Jesus allowed them to despise that young boy's pack lunch? Because you could so easily despise it, couldn't you? You could so easily look at the need and the miracle that was needed and say, what's that? What's that? Cheese sandwich and a packet of half-eaten crisps. A sort of NIV version. <laughs> Cheese sandwich and half-eaten packet of crisps. Well, what's that, as they said? What's that amongst so many? And they despised it. Don't despise who you are. Don't despise you. Don't let the world tell you who you are or who you are not. And don't let haters and don't let others put you down. Don't, de don't despise. If all you've got in this world is a cheese sandwich and a half packet of crisps, give it to the Lord, give it to the people, and God will multiply it. And so he said, what have you got? And they brought it. And what happened was they gave first who they were and what they had. They gave it to the Lord. The Lord took it and he blessed it. You see, in the end, it's all about the master's blessing. It's about the master's blessing. Because if you have much, but the blessing of the Lord is not upon it, doesn't matter how much you've got, it won't go very far. Doesn't matter how much money, how much. Isn't it funny? Do you know, I've found that you think rich people are well off, but there are not many of them <laughs> are in massive debt. Because what happens is when people start getting rich, so do their tastes. It's not enough just to have the car, they have to have the top of the range. Oh, and the wife needs a top of the range, four by four, too, to take the kids to school. And then they need a bigger house and a bigger this and bigger holidays and bigger, bigger, bigger. And wants become needs. Some of the richest people I know outside the church, some of the richest people I know, no, just, in, just so, you know, got to be careful here. I've, I've been, I haven't been here for 22 years, know what to say and what not to say. Some of the richest people I know out of the church are also some of the poorest people. Because all their wealth is tied up in all these things. And I remember one of them actually saying, well, actually, Bruce, and I was talking about it and saying, you know, you got this. He said, well, actually, Bruce, um, do you want to know what debt I'm in through all of this? And I said, no. But he told me anyway. I thought, my God. I said, you've got all these houses, all these things, but I'm richer than you. Because this guy was working night and day just to try and keep the lifestyle going just to try and keep it going. And if he didn't work night or day, the whole thing was going to cave in on a moment. 
I couldn't believe it. I was richer than him. It was really, well, I, I didn't gloat, obviously, at the time, <laughs> but I'm sharing it with you today to say it was amazing. And so, if the blessing of God is not on it, it's not worth it. But if it's tiny, if it's small, and the blessing of God is on it, it multiplies. God will multiply what you have to give him and your fellow man, if you can recognize, recognize that, recognize that. So I don't want anyone, this is a word of the Lord for some people tonight, I don't want anyone going out saying, I got nothing to give God, or, or God's given up on me, or I've given up on God, or I can't, or I've got too many troubles, or I've got, there's something you can give. There's something you can give to someone tomorrow. Hey, even if it's your smile. I mean, I am serious. Even if it's a smile. Even if it's making a cup of tea for somebody at work. I mean, I'm, I'm deadly serious. You say, a smile, a cup of tea. I'm telling you, that's so small. If God blesses it, if you're doing it in the name. Jesus says, if you give one of them a cup of water for me. Jesus even notices a glass of water done in his name and for him. He, he notices it. You know, it's the small things. I struggle with this because I'm always looking for the big things, the big breakthroughs. That's In my mind, I'm thinking, when's it going to happen big time? When, when we're going to have revival big time? When's London going to get saved in a day? When are we going to have it? And, and there's that big time thinking and wanting and breakthrough. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but you know what? It's the seeds that become the great oak trees. It's the small things that can release the great things. You have been faithful in the small things. I'm going to give you the big things. And, and this is a lesson that God is teaching me. Sometimes, you know, we all, we all have mundane things in our lives, don't we? I mean, and sometimes when I'm doing the mundane things, you know, you think Monday morning I'm lying in bed having a day off. You think that's what happens on my day? You think Monday's but I'll be in at work pressing buttons and pulling levers to get the week going because if, if I don't get in there first thing on Monday morning, before you know it, it's Friday. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And, you get, and sometimes after a Sunday and God's blessing has been on, you get in and then you look at what's on your emails and you look at the stuff, the practical stuff, and the low-level stuff, and you have to tax your car, and all this stuff. And you look at it, and it's so mundane. And you think, was I born for this? That's how I feel every Monday morning. <laughs> you know, I have a great Sunday, enjoying the house of the Lord, and get in there, get behind my desk, and I think, was I born for this? And God says, yes. Because it's in the faithfulness, it's in the small things. Things that you just can't see. What? Why am I doing this? Maybe you've got a job and sometimes you think, why am I doing this? I'm doing this for a salary. What use is it to the Lord? Maybe there's a situation, you're in a place, and what you, my life is useless, I hear in the spirit someone cry. I hear in the spirit, my life is useless, I hear someone in the spirit cry. And the Lord says to you, your life is useful in my hands. But you have to give your uselessness into the hands of them. What use is some bread and fish? What use? It's of no use whatsoever in the natural. No use, bread and fish. No use to what, to what the need was. None. But you put it in the hands of the master. 
That's what he's asking. What do you have? He didn't create the resources from scratch. He didn't say, we got nothing. He could have. He could have done that. He said, I want to work with what you are, and I want to work with what you've got. And he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, looking up, looking up, where are you looking for your miracle? Where are you looking for your significance? Looking up to heaven, why? Because it doesn't look too good on earth. Do you know what I'm talking about? Or, or is it just me? You look down to earth for your needs to be met. Spiritual needs, emotional needs, physical needs, um, significant needs, career needs, whatever. You look down to the earth and sooner or later you're going to get disillusioned with everything around you and everybody around you. And the things that you put your hope in and the things that you're looking at for the resources of your life and significant, and you look at those things, but those things can't meet your needs, and they can't meet the need of your divine destiny. How many of you know you don't just have a career, you have a divine destiny, a destiny on this earth that comes directly from God to be resourced by faith and the Holy Spirit. And the only way we're going to get out of the rut that we're in and start to see some blessing and multiplication is starting to look to heaven's resources rather than earth's. Some people stop needing to buy lottery tickets. Stop praying to the Father for your needs. Amen. He looked up to heaven. Jesus knew where the resources was. He looked up to heaven. This is why we pray, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. If you look on earth, you're not going to get it. We need to lift our eyes to heaven. Jesus did. And then what he did is he blessed it. He blessed it. God is wanting to pour out his blessing on our lives tonight. But in response to this prophetic word, God is wanting us to champion the small things because they're the seed of the great things. I'll tell you what, I know this is a bit crazy, I'm not saying this is from the Lord, but if we all went away from this building and decided that we're going to smile at everybody for a week, I wonder what sort of impact we would have at the end if we brought all the conversations or all the warm feelings or all the, and brought it all back. You hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? The little things will become the big things in your life. The little things, the little things are not to be despised. It's the key to your destiny. It's the key to your future. The key to your greatness, if I can use that word, the key to your greatness is found in your smallness and in the small things of the day. How did that little boy know when he took his packed lunch that that was going to feed thousands and thousands of people? Thousands and thousands of people. And notice what the boy did. He gave it. He gave it. He handed it over to be used. You see, what can happen when you feel that you have a shortage of resources, it's natural, is you hold on to it. I mean, if I'd been that little boy, and I saw that everybody was hungry, 
thousands of them. I'd have found some stone somewhere and just... You got something to eat now? But there are my crisps. You know, you can imagine Jesus teaching and him trying to eat. And so, you know, t- taking a bit of the fish and... <coughs> and all the sort of... Drink. But he turned it over. He was as hungry as the rest. He could have... He turned it over to the Lord. Resources. I'm talking to you. Resources. And the Holy Spirit can tell you what your resources are. It can be your time. It can be your prayers. It can be your money. It can be your smile. It can be whatever it can be. Someone says, I've got no money. I can't give. You have yourself. You have your words of encouragement. You have so much that you can give. You say, I've got nothing. You have you. And you is the greatest gift that you have. And you have the power within you to bless somebody. You have the power to bless. You have the power to encourage. You have the power. And God is fixing on taking the little that we give into his hands, the resources, and he will begin then his process of multiplication. Notice, Jesus took the bread and the fish... And he prayed for them. Did anything happen at that moment? No. No. And sometimes we're like this. Oh Lord, I gave it to you and nothing happened. He took the bread. He took the fish. And he blessed it. He prayed for it. Father, bless the fish. Bless the bread. Then it says, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. So the disciples are like, okay, what are we meant to do with this? You prayed, you looked up to heaven, Lord, and you said a marvelous prayer. And then I got a little piece of fish. My friend got my friend who's one of your disciples got a piece of bread. Well, well that, that won't even do me. When did the miracle start to take place? It was as they begave, began to give their little. Little piece of fish. This is crazy. It's just a little piece of fish. What is the point in doing this? Jesus has blessed it and told. And told us to give. What is the point? Here, take a little bit of fish. Oh, take a little bit more. Oh, take a little bit more. A bit more. A bit more. A bit more. A bit more. And as they gave the little that they had, there was a little bit more. A little bit more. A little bit more. And these little bit mores began to multiply. I don't know if this is true or not, but, but I got a feeling that the anointing of multiplication was on that food. And, and I, think, I, think, I don't think the disciples, just the 12 of them, went to 5,000 people or however many were there and gave to each one. I've got a feeling that what they started with the little began to multiply amongst them as they began to see the miracle taking place. As, as the disciples said, here's a little bit more, here's a little bit more, the person that took it thought, you're right, this works. Here, you have a little bit more, you have a little bit more. Then somebody else took a little bit more and gave a little bit more to somebody else. And oh, That's the way I believe it happened, one of the greatest teachings of Jesus that he ever did. And everybody's involved in giving a little, giving a little bit more, giving a little bit more. And in the blessing of giving came the multiplication. Father, I'm just going to invite the band to come back. We're going to minister. Father, I believe that this is a prophetic word for us tonight, and especially for certain of us tonight, God is really, to some of us this is a strong word, but to others this is meant to be life-changing for you tonight. 
to give a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Let's stand on our feet. Just open our hearts to the Lord. I just want you to do business with the Lord right now. Those of you that have despised the small thing. There's no condemnation in the house tonight. You've despised the small thing. Or you just said, this just isn't worth it. I haven't got anything to give. Or you've despised it. And you sort of thought, what's the point? I want, I want you to look again. I want you to look right now at the life that you live and where you are. Because God is going to show you fresh ways of giving a little bit more. It's going to start tonight and tomorrow. Fresh ways of giving. Could be in your family. There's parents. There's parents here tonight. You need to give your kids a little bit more. A little bit more. There's relationships here tonight. You need to give each other a little bit more. Just keep giving each other a little bit more. A little bit more. What is the little bit more that God is speaking to you about? What are you going to be doing tomorrow? What are you going to be doing tomorrow? What are you going to be meeting in the regular day-to-day routine? Look with God's eyes. Ask the ministry team to come forward. We're going to begin just to praise and and worship the Lord and God's going to do some business in our lives. And later on, we're going to pray for people's needs, physical needs. We're going to believe that God is multiplying healing in this place. But just while we worship the Lord and do business with God, I think for some of you, for some of you, it'd be good for you to come out to the front and just have people lay hands on you to bless you. You don't have to go into details with people unless you want, but just to say, I'm just come here because I want God to bless my little bit more tomorrow. And then just prophetically, and as a sign to have someone here at the front just lay hands upon you as a brother or sister in the Lord and say, in the name of Jesus, we bless your little bit to be multiplied. Who knows the type of miraculous move and provision that could, could begin from this place? And that's what we're going to do. So let's begin to worship the Lord. If you want people just to pray, and people at the front, it's not five-minute prayers. It's just laying on of a hand, blessing, taking the place prophetically, and blessing their little bit more. And then after that, we're going to move into praying for people with healing. But something's got to change in the way we view ourselves tonight, and the way that we view God, and how He can use us. Some people, you're always waiting for the big breakthrough, for the big giant leap. God is saying it's the small steps that will get your miracle. It's the little bit giving that's going to get your breakthrough in the name of Jesus. You can begin coming from your seats right now.